it is time for Kingdom Connections, and it's been a long time since I simultaneously recorded this podcast and did a Facebook Live, but it's long overdue. Long overdue. I'm especially excited about today because this particular one has blessed me. When God wants you to learn something, he'll teach it to you. And if you really catch hold of it and become hip to it, it will sustain you and hold you for a long time, for as long as you want it. When I was trying to figure out what topic I want to talk about today, I find it beneficial for me to talk about some of the things that I deal with, some of the things that I'm struggling with. As we go to deeper dimensions with the Lord, there are deeper things in him that he wants us to learn. We can, we can learn the same subject for all of eternity, for, for as long as we are alive. We can learn about salvation and there's many different things that we can learn about it and, and different ways to twist, to turn it, to apply it. And it still has truth in it. There's different ways we can learn about what it means to be delivered, how deliverance happens, what we can be delivered from. But today it's about faith. We talk about faith all the time. I have faith in this, have faith in God. Yada, yada, yada. But this particular one pierced my heart because there are things that I have been dealing with pertaining to my faith because I am I'm trying to stretch it. And we all have faith. We have faith in something. But God doesn't want us to stay where we are. He wants us to grow. He wants us to increase. And that doesn't happen without learning and praying, getting close to him and testing what he wants us to learn. So have you ever looked at someone and wondered, how did that person get so much faith? You look at somebody and say, how does he have that much faith? And why did God give him that much faith? I I definitely have. I wonder sometimes, like, how can some people just believe in and, and I have faith, God is going to work it out. And, and, it, and, it, and it works out because they have that faith. And I'm wondering, like, I need to have that kind of faith. How can I get that kind of faith in? We pray and pray and pray and fast for faith and pray and fast and pray and fast. But I don't think that's what God wants us to do. We are not going to pray for something that we already have. So God has not blessed one person with more faith than the other. There's going to be a lot of shockers. And you might already know this. But something clicked in me when I read this. God has not blessed one person more with more faith than another person. We're not talking about the spiritual gift of faith. That's something different. But the faith that we all have. We all have faith. If we don't have faith in something, we're going to die. Faith is necessary to live. Faith is necessary. We need it. But we don't have different amounts of faith. If God has given all of us a measure. So in, in Ephesians 2 and 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. We are saved through faith. In order, God has given us faith 
so we can believe. He gave us the faith to believe. That's the whole purpose of our faith, to believe in him because he's our source. We rely on him for everything. He's given that to us. In Romans 12, 3, it says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. There is a measure of faith that every single one of us has, a measurement, an amount, a quantity. There's a faith that we have when we are born into this world. No one has more faith than the other. But it's up to us for us how to, how to use that. It's, it's up to us for how, uh, how we're going to use that faith. I thought about these analogies pertaining to faith. We're going to pretend that faith, has, faith is a key, a key to a car. In order for the car to run, we have to use the key to turn on the car so the car can take us from point A to point B. The, the faith is used for something to go. The key is used in the car for the car to function as it's supposed to function. Another analogy, a coat is made for the cold. The purpose of the coat is for us to put on the coat to protect our skin from the cold. So we need the we need the faith to be able to be used for the thing that we that that that's aligned with it. We use faith for different things. Faith is an overarching thing for different things in our life. A degree for the for for our career. We have this faith, we have this degree so we can have a career. Piano skills. We have the piano skills to be able to play music, to play a, a composition. Now, if we just have a key and a coat and a degree and piano skills, if we just have those things, they would be totally useless. If they're not put in the right context, if they're not put to use, the key is for the car. The coat is for the cold. The degree is for the career or your business. The piano skills is for music, performing music, or aiding in the creation of music composition. These things are used for something, just like we use our faith for something. So that measure of faith, when we, I always love this analogy, when we always use our faith every single time we sit down on the chair and we have the faith in the chair that the chair is going to be able to hold our weight. That is faith. You're going to have the faith that when you go out with that key, that key is going to function as it's supposed to, and it's going to turn on. We exercise our faith all the time. All the time. We have that faith when we graduate with that degree. We're going to get, to, we're going to get the, uh, the career that we desire. We hope after a bunch of interviews, we will get that career that we desire. But this thing blew my mind here this next thing it it changed the, the, the common statement it was a game changer it's not really a game changer because it's already always been in existence but it slapped me silly because what we do with faith is we're praying for faith and praying for faith lord increase my faith expand my territory do this do this do this do this do this 
Have you ever thought how God increases your faith? Have you ever thought how God helps you increase your faith? Because guess what? The faith that you have, that measure of faith, definitely can be increased. Most definitely. That's why it looks like some people have more faith than others. Because they exercise their faith. But here's the kicker. You are the only one who can increase your faith. God does not increase your faith. You work out your faith. Working out your salvation with fear and trembling is working out the faith that that salvation is real. That everything that comes with salvation is operational and fully functional in your life. You are collecting and using all of the attributes and all of the blessings that are within the kingdom. When your faith increases, it's only because you decided to exercise the faith and stretch the faith yourself. God gives you the tools to help you. He, he, he gives you the situation in which the faith has to be stretched because you need a situation. And then it does. If you are believing God for a healing, that is a stretch of your faith, a stretch, an exercise of your faith. If you're believing for a job, that is an exercise of your faith. You're stretching, you're praying, Lord, I need this job, Lord, I need this job. I'm going to be, they need me in this job. I, I'm, I need this, I need this, I need this. It's a, if, it is, if, it's, if it's a desire of your heart, you're believing God for it. You are believing God for it. This is not something where, where God just sits there, that you just sit there and, and allow God to do everything for you. He's already done enough. Now it's your turn. When people say, well, if you take one step, God would take two. There's some, and some people disagree with that, but there's truth in that. All that saying is saying is it takes your emotion for God to work. God has done all these things already. The next part is for you to take the belief and, 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 and use the faith and believe and constantly have faith and exercise that. So he can give you more, so you can handle more, so you can have, so you can help more people. As you increase in the kingdom or increase in status, or increase in anything, you need more faith because there's more demonic attack. There's more responsibility. There's, there might be more eyes on you. There might be it's just a heavier responsibility and a heavy mantle. And you need the faith to be able to get through. But you have to have the situations happen in your life in order for that faith to be increased, in order for it to be stronger. Here is a, um, a verse, Matthew 4 and 4, it says, But he answered, it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Matthew 4 and 4. And I got a quote from Kenneth Hagin. Very good quote. Very good analogy. Think about this. Jesus is using natural food. Let me back up. Let me back up. Let me read the verse again. And then I'm going to read his quote. Matthew 4 and 4 says, But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Kenneth Hagin, quote, 
Jesus is using a natural human idea to convey a spiritual thought. He's saying to us that what bread or food is to the body, the word of God is to the spirit or to the heart of man. You know that if you eat food regularly, it will build you up physically. Yet if you eat right, but do not exercise, all you'll do is get flabby and out of shape. Like I am. Continuing on. In much the same way, you need to feed your faith in God's word. But you also need to exercise your faith. Because if you don't, your faith muscles will be flabby. They won't be able to to do much spiritually when it comes to moving mountains in your life, end quote. Your faith needs to be exercised like your body. They need to walk. You need, you need to uh, build your, your muscles so you can be able to carry yourself. You need to have stamina to be able to make it from the beginning of the day to the end of the day. And all that is through the exercise of your muscles and also the intake of the food that you're getting. The intake of the spiritual food is the word of God. Reading the Bible. Reading the Bible. How often you read it. It is food to your soul. You don't always feel the tingles and feel the physical manifestation of what the word is doing. But the word is doing something because it's helping your spiritual man. It's helping the spiritual man. But then after you are full, you have to be able to exercise that faith. You got to be able to exercise or put to use what the word of God is saying. Put to use what the word of God is saying. Because if you don't test it, how do you know it's real? It's okay to test the word. It says in the word to test it. You, you have to test the word because you have to know that it's real. You have to be able to have that connection with it because the Lord, we all know that the Lord is real and we know the word is real, but there's always this internal conflict. So God has given us permission to be able to test it. Hold him to his word. His word, will, it says his word will not come back to him void. So even the son of man unknowingly has tested the word of God and reaped the benefits of it. Because it doesn't go back to the to to him to him void, it doesn't say it doesn't return to him void. Uh, if if the believer says it, it just says the word. It says his word, regardless of who's speaking it. So sometimes you have the sinners that they prosper maybe from from the kingdom of darkness. We know that, but there are some things that the sinner man and the non-believer use. That's in the word of God and it works. And it's a system that works. And they're using it. And they're prospering. And us Christians who believe in Jesus Christ and has confessed, we struggle with the things that the world doesn't even struggle with. And they have more faith in what they're doing than we do. And that's a shame. We are so close to the, to the Lord, yet we don't trust him. Yet we don't have the faith that he's going to do what he's going to do. And this is me sometimes and I'm not afraid to admit that because if anybody will come up to me and say that they never struggle with their faith it's a liar people struggle with their faith all the time 
but we have to have the courage to be able to test these things. And here are some verses that have to do with spiritual food. Jeremiah 3:15 says, "And I will give you shepherds after my, I will give you shepherds after my own heart, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Feed you with what? The word of God, knowledge and understanding. Feed what? Your heart. You the shepherds are after God's heart. If you're after God's heart, that means that we have his we have our head upon his chest, hearing his heartbeat, hearing everything that he's saying to us so we can tell the heart of God to other people so that can come into your heart and, and come into your spirit and feed your soul John six fifty one says I am the living bread that comes down from heaven if anyone eats of this bread he will live forever and the bread that I give for the life of the world is my flesh him being crucified He is the word made flesh. That's why we consume him. That's why we have communion. It's a physical act of eating the bread and drinking the blood. But it's a spiritual metaphor for what is happening spiritually when we consume God's word by reading it. Hebrews 5, 12, 14 says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the world of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. This has everything to do with your faith. Some people cannot handle the depths and the deepness of God because it's heavy and it's hard. It's difficult. If I never lift weights, I am not going to deadlift 300 pounds. I'm going to break every bone in my body, sprain everything. For someone who never lifts weights, if the, if you give them a, t- a ten pound dumbbell, perfect. That might be the only thing that they can handle. But in order to get up to the three hundred pounds, there's a lot of things that have to happen. There's there's diet that has to change. There's an exercise routine that has to change, and there's a, a span of time that has to go by for that individual. To be able to get there, there's trial and error. There's 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 failure that happens. There's relentless that needs to be there. All these and there's help that 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 surrounds them. All these things are necessary to get to the point of lifting up three hundred pounds. But everyone can't do that. When we get saved, we only can can absorb just a little bit of what the word has. But as we continue to seek and grow in hunger, we transfer from milk to solid food. We are no longer hearing the goo-goos and gagas from God. We are we're hearing full sentences and paragraphs. We're hearing all of this meat 
We're consuming all of this meat because we have the teeth and we have the digestive system to be able to handle that stuff without it making us sick and destroying us. Because too much on us, too much of God can destroy us. He's all powerful. If we don't have the weight or the strength to be able to sustain what he's going to put on us, how does that happen? We exercise our faith by testing it. By saying, Lord, I need to strengthen my faith. And this is going to sound goofy. Lord, give me a situation in which I can test my faith. I can strengthen my faith. I am in the process right now trying to strengthen my faith. And it sometimes I, I'm, I'm up. Sometimes I said, Lord, forgive me for doubting. I have to go through all these different tests and trials and things. And I have to repent. I have to understand. All these things happen. But, but we don't give up. We don't give up. We continue to learn. We continue to increase. We continue to do it. Just because you make a mistake doesn't mean that you're out. Doesn't mean the battle is over. It doesn't mean that's, that's it. You can't continue to grow. No, you, you go back in there and you try it again. Lord, I messed up and I, I made this. I canceled that declaration of giving up, Lord, and I, and I bring that back. And I'm just going to go ahead and, Lord, and, and test this thing. Personally, that's what I had to do. I was going to give up on something, but I decided not to. How many times have you given up on something? Because that one mistake you might have made or that one time you doubted or you, that one time you questioned. God is not phased or concerned about your questions. He's not going to be all mad and stomp away and feeling all offended because you questioned him. He knows your heart. If you sincerely want to strengthen your faith and strengthen, and he's going to give you the tools. It's the word of God. He's going to answer your questions. You have the Holy Spirit, which is your teacher. He is not like us. God is not like us. God doesn't have the itty-bitty patience that we have. He wants us to prosper, especially those who are going after him. I go after God aggressively. Sometimes I don't feel I'm growing, but I know I am. I know I am. And by me even saying that statement, that's an exercise of my faith. I know I'm growing. I know I'm getting deeper in him. I know I'm understanding. I know I'm being more influenced by the word. Because I know I have a huge responsibility. A responsibility that I don't know anyone else around me has. My mom and dad, they don't have that mantle. My old pastors, they don't even have my mantle. My wife doesn't have my mantle. My best friend doesn't have my mantle. My work colleagues, they don't have my mantle. I don't know anybody who has this calling. And it's difficult. And it requires a lot of faith. And you have something that requires a lot of faith. If you truly understand what God wants you to do in this life, it requires a lot of faith. It requires strength. He doesn't want you to live self, uh, live a surface life. He wants you to go deep. And he wants you to go after with aggression. That's what he wants. We have to put our faith in motion. This one is going a little long. And I'm okay with that. Because it's important for us to know what the Lord has. So faith in motion. This has this uh, verse, I think it's, uh, was it Matthew 17, 19 through 20. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, 
why could we not cast it out? They're talking, they're trying to cast out a demon and the demon wouldn't come out. So Jesus just said a couple of words and it came out. And the disciples said, why can't we cast it, cast it out? He says, because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, oof, man. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible. It's your faith. It's not about. It's not about like if you if you think of a mustard seed, a mustard seed is one of the tiniest seeds on Earth and it becomes one of the largest trees on Earth, if not the largest. When the Lord said, because your little faith, he's not saying that, oh, you don't have any faith at all. He's not saying that the faith that you have is insignificant or it's not useful or it doesn't have power in it. He was saying that you didn't have your faith wasn't stretched enough and strong enough to be able to deal with this particular demon. There are levels in the in the kingdom of heaven and levels in the kingdom of darkness. There are lower level demons, higher level demons, principalities, all these different things. Go to Ephesians. And certain enemies and certain things require more faith to be able to cast them out. You get that through prayer and fasting. So they had little faith. Their faith did, could not measure up to the task that was given to them because they didn't exercise it enough to be able to cast it out. They were trying to lift 200 pounds when they could only lift 100 pounds. Therefore, it didn't work. So you have to put our faith in motion and exercise it for that thing to come. And the next one, Matthew 14, 31, this, uh, this has to do with Peter walking onto the water and he started to sink. And here it says, Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took him and took hold of him. That's what God would do. That's what our Lord and Savior would do. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Same thing, little faith. It doesn't mean that Peter did not have faith. He had more faith than anybody else in that boat because he got out the boat. We always forget. He got out the boat and he did something that I would never do. I'm not. I, bid me to come walking on water. He kept his eyes focused on Jesus and then he saw the storm around him. He lost his focus and he began to sink. He forgot where Jesus was. He took his eyes out the source. He had the faith. He had enough faith to step out the boat. He had enough faith to step out, to step out the boat. To me, that's a lot. <laughs> God called that little. But he had enough faith to step out the boat. But he did not have enough faith to sustain his walk. He began to sink. Realize that he had power within himself to do the same thing Jesus was doing. Jesus was nowhere near him. That was his faith and the power that he had within him. The power that was given to him to go out, to walk. 
and we're constantly calling, Jesus help me, Jesus help me. He has given, if we measure out our faith, we don't need to, we can just say it out of our mouth because God has given us the power. He has authorized us to say these things, to do these things on his behalf. We don't always have to say, oh Lord, I need you to come down here. He's already in you. Exercise your faith to the point where you can speak things into existence. Because you can. You can even speak the wrong thing into existence if you believe it. The last verse is the woman with the issue of blood. Mark 5, 28 through 34. For she said, if I touch even his garment, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus perceived in himself that power had gone out from him. Immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you. And yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He had said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. She did not have small faith. She didn't have small faith. Let me even scratch that statement and not even worry about the size of the faith. I look at the size of her situation. An endless, uh, endless continuous blood flow for 12 years. No one could do anything for her. The agony, the pain, the isolation she felt when she went through that. But she used her faith and she pressed through. She didn't care who was around. She didn't care who touched her. Who, 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 she didn't care about anything. She had the right amount of faith for her healing. The right amount of faith. If we're not getting better. If we're not getting healed. A lot of times we don't have the right kind of faith. But I must mention, God doesn't always heal. It's not always his will to heal. But it doesn't mean that we don't ask. Healing is a part of the package. Sometimes healing, uh, not being healed, is God's will. And there's a greater purpose for that. But that's not all the time. Most of the time, we, are, we need to be healed. And more often than not, it's spiritual healing more so than physical. And it takes the faith, the exercising of the faith. So I go back to the original question. Have you ever looked at someone and wondered how do they have so much faith or why did God give them so much faith? Now you know. And I wrote this here. Look no further than within. God has given us much more responsibility than we, th we like to think. He is here for us to be strong enough to do his will, not to do his will alone. God is not God did not place us here for us to be ignored so him so he can do the will himself. He wants to do it through us. 
if this were the case, he wouldn't have put into the law to not to intervene unless it's through man. That was declaration in Genesis first chapter. Man wouldn't even have a purpose if God constantly intervened without us. He created this natural world for us to rule and to, to, to manage with him. He wants to work through us, but he can't, he can't work through us if he can't penetrate our doubts and beliefs and disbeliefs. He has to be able to penetrate our doubts and beliefs. And one thing that came to mind, one last thing, is there are seven mountains of influence that he wants us to be head of, to have influence in, so he can bring down the kingdom on these seven things. God wants us to be in charge of government. He wants us to be in charge of media, influence in it. He wants us to have influence in arts and entertainment. He wants us to have influence in business. He wants us to have influence in education. He wants us to have influence in religion. And he wants us to have influence in family and what the family looks like. By looking at the world, you can see who predominantly rules. Look at the state of the government, demonic. Look at the state of media, demonic. Look at the arts and entertainment, demonic. Look at business, corrupt, demonic. Look at education, demonic through and through. Look at religion, such confusion. Look at the family, the most confusion. But we just wait and, and rock back and forth, waiting on our blessing, waiting for you to, rap, to, to, to rapture us and, and to crack the sky. No, we are here to influence the government, the media, the arts and entertainment, business, education, religion, and, and family. That's why we all have purposes. That's why I'm so big on purpose because we all fall in one of these seven categories, whether it's at the bottom, whether it's in the middle, whether it's at the top. We are drawn to certain things. I'm drawn to education. We are all drawn to religion and we are to, to spiritual. We are all drawn to family. We all have influence in family. We all have influence in religion. But some people have a larger charge, a more leadership charge. I have to be a leader in education. I have to be a leader in the church. I have to fight for the family. The family is being destroyed. That's the number one thing being destroyed. That was the first institution. So of course, the devil is going to go after that institution. In order for us to have that influence, what needs to be stretched? What needs to be strengthened? Our faith. 